I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is my fight song. Take back my life song. Prove I'm alright song. Cause I still got a lot of fight left in me. be able to play the uh, Memphis Tiger fight song for the first time this year. That was the first road win, Jeffrey. That was the other thing. Uh, I mean, we talked a lot about this game already. We're not going to dwell on it. But they had to get off to a fast start. They did. Uh, as he goes, as Seth goes deep on the first drive. Fast start to the second half as well. First play, touchdown pass. Um, and they had to win a, win a road game. They had not won a road game for th- it was 365 days uh, since their last road win. And so they got a road win as well. And again, sets up now. The hope all along has been that they would be, you know, 4-1 and one, uh, going into Houston. That was the, the and, and it's, it's still possible. It's, I do think, yeah. they, I think they need to build up some momentum here. I still don't, I'll be interested to see what the crowd is going to be like. My suspicion is that it's not going to be as, you know, I think one of the reasons that Laird is probably talking today is that they're trying to drum up some enthusiasm for this week. I, I, I said it, you know, coming into this year, like it or not, it feels like there's a little bit less, you know, crackle about this year than in previous years. I think maybe the way they did helps bring some of that back, and uh, and now they can create some momentum at home. Any further thoughts on that one before we carry on, Jeffrey? No, I just think it was important for them to get a game where they just kind of dominated. Like, they won... Yep. You know, they double them up essentially in yardage, like yards per play, 7.6 to 4.6. They dominate on both sides of the ball. As you mentioned, their special teams appear to be fixed. And I just thought I thought it was important for them to just have a game where they looked good, and they did on Saturday. All right, who's next? Tennessee Balls go to Pittsburgh and win in OT. Penn and Hooker good again. <laughs> that team is just fun to watch offensively. Hooker to Tillman is a uh, is is certainly an impressive combination. Um, you know they were helped uh, by Keaton Slovis going out. They were helped by the missed field goals. Uh, but I thought the other sneaky part of this, from the Tennessee perspective, was the defense was pretty good. Yeah, they got they got stops. I mean. Yes, they were aided, but I think they also did their fair share of aiding. Like the the 
the muff punt to keep yep. the that yep. kept hitting the game, I thought was big. But you know, they just kind of stuck with it. They they fell down early. They had the big second quarter, and I, I still think like if you had Tennessee optimism coming into the season, so far you you have seen enough to justify having optimism. <laughs> I don't think Pitt is bad. That's a meaningful win, it yeah. seems to me. It is a meaningful win. You go on the road and you beat Pittsburgh. The, the interesting challenge, though, is that um, the SEC East looks like it could be a good deal stouter than we necessarily thought it would be. Right now, you've got four SEC East teams ranked in the top 20. Yeah, I, I still think we're kind of in the same mode, though, where... I st- there's Georgia, and then there's a tussle. Exactly. And, I, you know, I mean, so far, like we've seen with Florida, like Anthony Richardson is a is a special talent, but he's going to have inconsistencies. You know, with Kentucky, I think you know what you're getting. We'll, we'll talk about them in a little bit. But, I mean, South Carolina, to me, looks like a slightly improved version of what they were last year. But, you know, I, I think the path is still there for Tennessee to be the second team in the East. All right, who's next? Speaking of Kentucky. Yeah, you mentioned Kentucky uh, just a second ago. Uh, they beat a Florida team that everyone was talking about last week. Um, and it made Anthony Richardson, who everybody was talking about last week, look absolutely mortal. Uh, six yards rushing, two picks, 40% completion uh, percentage. Basically, they shut them out. They did. They shut them out for the last 35 minutes. And, you know, after Florida takes the 16-7 lead in the first, yeah. they did not cross mid. They crossed midfield once after that. Once after that. That yeah. was damn impressive. And I do think um, for a basketball school, mm-hmm. which is what John Calipari declared them to be famously in the summer, pretty damn good football school. Pretty darn good football school. It was the, it was kind of a weird game to make sense of because it was one of those ones where it's like, I guess they just got Kentuckyed. You know what I mean? Florida, Florida just got Kentuckyed. Where Kentucky doesn't do very much to beat themselves defensively in the second half. Like they just said, we're not gonna let this guy. We're not gonna let Richardson beat us with his legs. We're gonna keep him in the pocket. We're gonna shut the run down, which I thought they did pretty well and. We're going to see if they can beat us with the passing game, and they couldn't. And then on top of that, you know, Will Levis wasn't amazing, but he was solid. And, you know, they got just enough from the running game. And then obviously the pick six was just a freak play and an amazing play. But just kind of an, it was an odd game to make sense of. If they played again, if they played 10 times, who wins how many? I think Kentucky would end up winning more than they lose because I think where Kentucky matched up pretty well with Florida is that Kentucky's defensive front was able to control the line of scrimmage, and then offensively they were able to do it. And Kentucky's not Kentucky's not going to let Anthony Richardson beat them in the fashion that probably Florida needs. So I, I think Kentucky, to me, Kentucky showed that they're a better team when those two teams are matched up. All right, who's next?
Razorbacks? How Jeff- about Rashawn Sanders? How about Rashawn Sanders? How about KJ Jefferson? My so boy honestly, can win football the, games. Between the two of them, between the two of them, they're a lot to handle. They are a lot to handle. Um, and uh, three hundred so, yards on the ground. They are a lot to handle between the two of them. And so uh, Arkansas now number ten in the country. Uh, is Arkansas? The best team in the West. Okay, is Arkansas the second best team in the West? I don't know yet. I don't. I, I do still think Alabama's the best team in the West. I kind of felt coming into the or coming into the year that Arkansas could wind up having the second best team. I didn't know if they would finish. Right, we, looked, we looked at their schedule because their schedule is correct. Yeah. I still think that they're not as good defensively as they've been the last couple of years. But I, I think they've got as good of a case as anyone. Well, let's get, let's talk about the uh, aforementioned Alabama team. Who do mm-hmm. we got next? <laughs> Statement loss, Jeff. Do we really? Listen, in the fight song roundup, we honor those teams that deserve to be honored. And we... We criticize those teams that be that deserve to be criticized. Are we saying that Texas deserves to be honored after losing Texas after losing a football game? I think the thing that was very obvious to me, there wasn't a whole lot of difference between those two rosters from what I saw. Like if you look at when Alabama finally started moving the football, it was kind of working the outside and that's what you do when you're kind of getting overmatched up front they had the one big run from McClellan and then after that like Jeff they could not they couldn't run the ball they couldn't do anything and Bryce Young's out there running for his life and then when they just kind of decided all right we're going to spread it out and we're just going to kind of work the edges with the passing game they were able to move the ball but I mean to me the what was big was Texas athletically matched up with Alabama. Yeah, I, I mean, we've had, over the past 10 years, we have had Texas's back moments before. Um, but it was, even in losing, it was a good day for Texas. It was, you know, they, they have 105,213 people uh, in the stands. Obviously, they lose the quarterback, or they might well have won the game. And he was playing, he was, like, hitting big yeah, he throws. Was he was dealing, yeah, 100%. They actually, weirdly enough, based on this loss, are now ranked uh, number 21. And Alabama, based on the win, is no longer number one. They're now number two. Um, so I, I got no problems with saying, if you Texas, you feel pretty good about it, um, despite everything. Um, what did you uh, make of the, uh, of the slash targeting, uh, non-targeting, Safety that wasn't uh, all of that with Brett Young and the end zone. That was just college officiating at its finest. That was the... Was it robbery? Was it wrong? Well, I mean, the targeting was stupid, but was the resulting play, was the call as it, as it turned out correct or not? So the way that the call was administered... So essentially what happened is we got one of the all-time great lines, which is... 
uh, the referee did not uh, make a mistake. It was relayed to him incorrectly. So essentially what they said is they were buzzing down to check for targeting. When you check for targeting, you're not allowed to review the play other than the targeting. When it was very clear that there was no targeting, you couldn't then go back and say, well, this was intentional grounding and whatnot. So it was technically, mechanically, it was done properly. But I think the way that the fact that they buzzed down to check for targeting, I think think it was intent. Do you think it was if you did that play over again? Would you call him, and you could start fresh. Yes. Would you call him for intentional grounding? Correct. Yes. You sh- they should have They should have additionally thrown the flag for intentional grounding. Yes. So they missed the intentional grounding Correct. call. Correct. I think that's true. Um, I think also so another they, big lesson for young quarterbacks out there. When well, everyone's t- young to get it off, though. Yeah, go ahead. What? Well, the, the lesson for all those young quarterbacks, they tell you to buckle your chin strap up tight. No. Wear your helmet as loose as possible because as soon as like <laughs> something happens to the helmet, they'll just throw the flag and they just assume they. Yes, yes, hundred percent. And then in terms of Alabama, what it, it really is interesting. I, we, we go into these years and we talk about we talked about this last week. You don't know. We don't know what these teams are going to be like yet. We don't know, and so it's impossible to draw too much from week one. And. Um, I literally heard coming into this year that this, from some quarters, this was the best Nick Saban team ever, right? Yes. And I suppose it's still possible it could be, but right now, if you look at it, the receivers don't particularly get open. More than half the completions were to tight ends and backs. And then the offensive line, you're exactly right. 16 rushes, 42 yards, 2.6 yards of carry, and they're pressured on 39.1% of the dropbacks. That is not awesome. No, and if you think about it, the two issues that plagued them for much of last year were offensive line play and, you know, until Jamison Williams emerged as a deep threat, their receiver room was just kind of pedestrian. I, I don't know. Like, that was that was the one thing I would always push back this summer when everyone would tell me, like, this is the best Alabama team that he's ever had, and I just would always ask the one question, okay, well, who is the, who's the deep threat? Because they don't, that guy's not emerged, and there's no one that Texas really respected to beat them deep, and because of that, it allowed them to kind of keep the game in front of them, and, and to me, like, that's the bigger question with Alabama. Uh, all right. Who else? Uh, let's uh, now we're going to dishonor. So now, now we're going to. The problem is, is we really had a real. We had a struggle here. We mm-hmm. normally blow up one team. Have you? Have you? Are we going to do a medley? How are we going to do this, Jeffrey? So, do you want to go one by? Do you want to do a medley? Do you want to go one by one? How, how would you like to do? Well, this? Let's, let's do a quick medley because we don't have that much time. Mm-hmm. Do a medley, and then we'll talk about the three teams that we unfortunately have to blow up. Next. 
Which is the more disgraceful? Texas and Texas A&M losing to App State after purchasing their appearance. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame losing to Marshall after purchasing their appearance. Or Nebraska losing to Georgia Southern after purchasing their appearance. That one, of course, finally did get Scott Frost fired. I will also want to give a disgrace. Quick, I want to give a quick shout out to our good friend Clay Helton. It was nice to see him win a game that got someone else fired in week two. Like that was that it was yeah. it was yeah. nice to see that. I thought the I thought Notre Dame losing to Marshall was the worst. Then I thought it was A&M losing to App State. I mean, App State's still a good team. And then, I mean, Nebraska's Nebraska. Like, if, well, it, what's interesting is you've got three different coaches at three different stages. And so you have the beginning coach at Notre Dame, first Notre Dame coach ever to go oh, to start 0-3. Uh, QB gets hurt. Offense is freaking awful. Uh, the running backs, 20 uh, carries, 57 yards against Marshall. And Marcus Freeman, there was so much buzz about him in the offseason. And now you got this beginning coach wondering what the hell is going to go on. Because this, you know, they, they, got the, they have a, a fairly tough schedule. And so they lose to Marshall. And you wonder, oh, my God, what is happening? Then you have the coach who is uh, further along in his career, who is beginning to look like a wildly overpaid disappointment at Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher. This number has been widely circulated, but after 50 games, Kevin Sumlin was 36 and 14. Jimbo is 35 and 15. I believe 35 and 15 is worse than 36 and 14. They paid Sumlin $7 million to go away. They then paid Jimbo $75 million over 10 years, Mm -hmm. and then they extended him and gave him a raise. That offense is freaking pathetic. An app state team uh, that gave up 63 last week, uh, and Texas A&M can only score 14 points. Haynes King, 97 yards they throw for. They only get nine first downs. The offense is absolutely putrid. But at least at, at Nebraska, there's relief. Right. Yes. So then Nebraska, you get the coach at the end of his tenure, 16 and 31 is Scott Frost. The amazing thing about this is had they waited to October 1st to fire him, his buyout would have been cut from 15 million cut in half. They could not wait after seeing him lose to Georgia Southern and they decided it was worth the extra 7 million bucks to get rid of him now as opposed to waiting till October first, which is pretty, pretty extraordinary. Yes, no, that's amazing. But literally, that means that they passed the hat last night or whatever, People two nights so ago. so mad. Yes. They just said, they just said. Yes, because you know, Trev Alberts was like, guys, if if this is my call, we're going to wait till October 1. Let's save the $8 million. And they're like, screw that. Here it is now. How worried would you be if you are a uh, Notre Dame fan about Marcus Freeman or too early to be worried? I think it's too early to be worried because in the end, what you have to start looking at is, okay, what, what's the roster building? The problem with Notre Dame is they don't have a quarterback. Like that, that, that's, that's what's very obvious to me is like offensively, you know, Buckner, if, if he's your guy, like he's just not good. Like he can't, he's just not a good thrower. And so finding a quarterback, I think's a little bit, less of a scary proposition than having to sit there and go, all right, we have to completely rebuild this thing. 
but it, you still can't feel great, right? No, I don't think you can feel great. This is not what you wanted, but it's not the end of the world. You can right. bounce back from this. I, I don't think you're out on Marcus Freeman after three games. That's silly. Um, although it is depressing and not what anyone expected. Pete Pranica, who was there, said, and Pete Pranica was being the realist. He said, I think we're going to have to wait, and then we're going to get our first win this week. And so he went this week, and they still took an L, even with Pete Pranica in the building. Yes. So you don't feel great about it, but I'm not giving up on him. Uh, with Jimbo Fisher, here we are after 50 games, and their offense continues to be. I mean, we've seen Alabama and then Georgia, it feels like, sort of realize they have to get with the program. Jimbo's supposed to be a quarterback whisperer, and it's been awful. Haynes King is bad. Yes, and, and this is yet again another year that he picked Haynes King. Like, that's kind of the other issues that this seems to be his guy. The problem that I see with Jimbo's offense, I, I am someone that does believe Jimbo's a good quarterback developer. Like, I look at a lot of the guys that he's had, they typically get overdrafted. The problem, the problem with Jimbo's offense is he doesn't scheme open easy plays. And, like, they've got all this talent, and it just always looks hard on offense. And then I think the bigger issue plaguing Jimbo is when you are – associated with one side of the ball and then that side of the ball is what looks bad, that's that's when it starts to spiral. But I think with, with A&M, their recruiting, their recruiting numbers are still so good that I, I feel like with Kevin Sumlin, even though the records were similar, he was losing momentum. A&M does not seem to be losing momentum. All right, and that gets us to Nebraska. And, uh, you know, we talked about the fact that they had to get rid of Scott Frost. It feels like, I mean, I don't know. I, the, the nice thing about Nebraska at this point is that I do think they've lowered their expectations. They're no longer, we need to be the Nebraska of old. They're just like, could we be competent? Like, could we be a I think this a, a was a sobering, that, the fact that if Scott, you know, because it was like, well, if this guy can't do it, who can? Like, it is a sobering reality. Yeah. And uh, Mickey Joseph has taken off. Trevor has taken over as an interim. Trevor Alberts did talk openly about sort of, you know, we're going to give him a chance to get this job. So there's obviously uh, problems with that job because a lot of people have failed now. But that is done. The Scott Frost era is over. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 